You will sleep better than you have ever slept. You've never been this relaxed. Are you ready to change your life? I'm Rusty Diamond, certified hypnotist. You don't need to leave your house. You can stay in your bed. You can stay in your favorite chair. You just need a computer or your phone. You can get a hold of me. Stay at home. I'll make your life better. Hypnosisisgrade.com It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Miss Rusty, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. Now the pup pup podcast, the Pennsylvania Public Access podcast here on the Rusty Diamond Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, and I am here with a special guest. My special guest is right here, right now, and my special guest right now, and right here, and right now, and right here, and right now is John. Building. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so, what is the uh, the artwork behind you? Since so, uh, my I, I got that from my wife. She got it, you know, probably in Florida, in Miami. I have a. It's signed by someone. That she okay. Is, is she? I'm not sure. Like I'm, you know, she's okay. Got, this guy, I just went back to Florida to meet a bunch of her friends and stuff because we just got married. So I'm meeting all her relatives and friends. And cool. Cote d'Azur is this place in, in France, you know, in the south of France. But and she she had that in her house when I met her. And I said, that's funny because that place is the first restaurant I worked at in La Jolla, California. I went down there to live with my mom. I was in San Diego. And I had to get a job, and I was a dishwasher at Cote de Azul. And I was like, they made, it was a French pastry place. I mean, it was a high-end French restaurant. And as a dishwasher at the time, I was, you know, in, in between colleges, in between UC Santa, D, Santa Barbara and USC. I didn't have any money or anything, you know. And I, was, I ate so many of their pastries in the freezer, and the ice cream and the food right, right off. The fucking plates of this of this super high end, you know, what a life, man! Like I probably ate some of the most expensive pastries, like just stuffing my face in the freezer. Like I had no idea how good they. I was like, these are just insane. I'd never, never before or since had anything like that. But anyway, she brought that over from you know her place into our new place, and it goes very well. Gives me a little color back. Look at that frame and everything. It has sentimental oh, value. I like it. And so, I mean, the food was going to go to waste anyway if you 
You know, I don't if you're think the dishwasher. So. No, man. Oh, the food off the other people's plates as I was clearing them. Yeah, that was going to go to waste. That's, that's what I'm, I'm picturing. So the other food. No. But I'm, oh, there's no no dishes to wash. I would walk into the freezer. Like all, you never been a dishwasher? You know, I'm back in the kitchen. I go into the freezer, just trays <laughs> of amazing French pastry desserts. And I, and Kristen, I mean, I wish I could have some of those again today just to remind me like, wow, I used to just stuff my face with those and then go out like, you know, wash more dishes. It was well, it was a really great job. I didn't have it for very long. I think we're so, going to go actually back to La Jolla December 28th to celebrate our marriage. So it'll be our one year anniversary. And I'll look for that restaurant. We're going to stay one night in La Jolla. It's so nice. The, the restaurant's still around. I don't know. Oh, I haven't okay. really done any research or anything. I doubt it's been so long. It was nineteen eighty. Okay. And so that was your first job. Well, so what was that no, like? It was my first job in La Jolla. In La Jolla. What what was your first job? My first job was Farrell's very similar. Farrell's ice cream. Yeah, ice cream? Yes. Well, the birthday take place to go on your birthday. Yes. Um, and which... I was also a dishwasher. Okay. And I would just you... scoop ice cream out of the troughs that would come by. Remember the trough? Yeah. I got to run a trough once, but that's really that's really just for the waiters. But I was like, I felt like I had really made it when I got to run a trough around. Oh, I'm like an actor now. And, you know, I'm on the floor. I'm out front with the customers, you know. That was my first job, and I felt I made it when I got to run a trough. I mean, what was that like? Were there were a lot of people who were pretty uh... – like there were they actors uh, that were in between stuff or I mean no <laughs> this, is Palos Verdes. Okay. this is 1976 I'm in Palos Verdes I turned 16 I had a motorcycle my dad goes you can work you're 16 you can get you know so I I went yeah. down and got this job at Farrell's first job ever just dishwasher I I'm a just I'm a dishwasher now too I'm that is my job at this house. I, my job is to do the dishes. So I've always, you know, I've been drawn to that activity all my life. But it was my very first job. And I remember at one point the coolest guy in the club, you know, the waiter who was super cool and a surfer. He came by around everybody, the manager, the, all the dishwashers, the staff said, Purple Dot, LSD, want one? I'm get, everyone's doing it. I'm like, yes. First time I took LSD was at work, and I just went, work's insane. Work is so gnarly. Work is where you go to get really high. You know, like you're on, everyone's on acid in this fucking in this establishment. I was like blown away that how cool work could be. So my, so, my, first, my first experience to work was like, work's fun. Yeah, ice so, cream, LSD. You so mix I mean, with the crowd. Yeah. Woo, I'm, I'm a performer. I didn't. I wasn't an actor back then. I was a surfer. I mean, I was in high school. I mean, I didn't start acting until I graduated college. Yes, I was studying acting in college, but you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm an actor until I'm a you know got my SAG card, professional actor. Then I, you know, full time. So, so then, what was uh, the the trip like while you're there? I mean, uh, getting to have your first trip. I mean, did that make Maybe that's why you like washing dishes so much now. Maybe. You just got right in the right, the right zone right there. And... I just felt like it was cool yeah. to be 
part of the group, you know, like everybody was older than me, you know, and the guy that passed that shit out was super cool. And, you know, our manager was super, you know, I, you know, I was so naive. I was so sheltered and naive, you know, but I did like, even back then I liked drugs, you know, I knew drugs were going to be part of my story. <laughs> But it was cool, man. I, I loved it. My second, you know, I didn't have that job for very long. I never made it up to waiter. I'm still washing dishes like, and I got a job in a surf shop. There was a surf shop opening in, in my town, which is very rare. And it only opened for a little while and it wasn't open for long, but it was called Kanoa Surf. Tuzo and Kip Jerger opened a, a surf shop in Palace Verdes up at the top of the hill at the mall. And I'm like, it's closer to my house. I'm a surfer, you know, and I got the job. I knew some people who had, you know, interviewed and got the job. And I left Farrell. I was like, I got to go. I'm, you know, I got another job. Thank you very much. I'm like, oh, I, man, you're doing so well. <laughs> we're, we're sorry to leave you, man. We're yeah. sorry for you to leave us. We're sorry you, you're leaving us. But yeah, I got a job in a surf shop. And I worked in that surf shop for the next three years on and off when I would come back from college, you know, in the summer. And then, you know. It was a that was a great job. I got to see the manager Greg Bowman and make an amends to him, you know, because I was just a little thief and a flake and a, you know, total, you know, juvenile delinquent. As, as we some of us may have been at that time, I, I think yeah, I was kind of there too. He wasn't, you know, he's just an upstanding, smart businessman, you know, when he was seventeen, eighteen years old, and just always doing the right thing and you know just and, that, and there was another guy who worked there joe bark he didn't really work there he would supply stuff but he came in and showed me how to work one day you know he had a positive attitude yeah let's take these boxes you know and he would just cut them open or tape them up and just to, super positive always physically moving with a smile on his face where i just kind of wanted to stand around and fuck around right he just worked the whole time he was there smiling going this is easy this is good you know this is fun that guy's a worker, you know, like I had to, I had to learn work ethic from these people because I was always a shirt trying to avoid. How can I avoid another, you know, and when I got older, you know, when I was an actor for a while, I had, I was friends with Jimmy Spader and he, I described something I was doing. I was going on a surf trip and he goes, ah, another actor that hates to work. <laughs> I've always remembered that. I was like, do I hate to work? Am I an, am I an, am I an LA actor that hates to work? Uh, I'm not going to answer that question. That was his opinion. Yeah. I and mean, that was a nice way to do it because getting to have, I mean, most of the time when you're going out to cut up cardboard, even even now, uh, having to, you know, break down boxes and put together boxes, I've spent a lot of time doing that the past few years, breaking down. and It's a very popular pastime these days. A lot yeah. of cardboard boxes to break down and open up. Yeah. Um and they're they're everywhere. They're Amazon. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. It's a skill, I, man. Now I cut them, I take, you know, I buy knives or things just to cut strips of the box, just cut strips, you know, I just like to cut strips and take the strips and stack them and put them in my little trash can. I'm not a, you know, professional by any means, but not that's yet. a professional way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um so I wanted to ask you a question about so last time you're on here um there was a you went to a get the the manicure pedicure 
and uh, ran into a guy uh, out front. What ended up happening with that? You my toes to looked up. great at my wedding, you know, on the, on the North Shore. I had that story to tell. Since then, I've never been back to that place, but I drive by it every day. I've seen different homeless guys on the street. All I notice now are how crazy and homeless and sad and mentally ill all these people are on that intersection. And I, I know why, like, yeah, we don't, call, we don't call. You know, it's just so sad. The other day I saw this other guy who was homeless. You know, he's living on this corner. He got kicked off this corner because some guys opened, I don't know, a stupid little stand-up store. And now he's sleeping on this other corner. And I had bought this stupid jacket that I hated. It was super cheap and I didn't want it. It was brand new. And I, I, I just was so excited to give it to him, you know. He's like got a shopping cart, not a lot of stuff in it, you know. A, a you know a moving blanket you know i've seen him naked going to the bathroom on the street you know crazy homeless guy and you know living there for weeks on this corner on that corner van eyes and ventura boulevard and i found him across the street at one block up on a corner where they had moved him to pulled my car over he was passed out on the street in the middle of the day i got this black pleather fake jacket and i it's a you know I thought it didn't look that good on me, but I thought this is gonna look good on him. I laid the jack motorcycle style jacket down next to his sleeping body, you know, and I just felt so good about myself. I was like, I, I, I'm like helping people who are less fortunate than me, you know. And I drove home and I told my wife, you know. And the next day I drive down there, he's gone, but the jacket is lying on the sidewalk. He wasn't, he didn't even interested in it. It was too cheap for him. He wouldn't accept the jacket. I just felt so like, I was like, that fucker, man. He just, you know, I thought I was doing something cool. And then he just made me feel like a chump. <laughs> True story. But yeah, there's so many, you know, I had no idea how, how you know, because I'm not looking, I wasn't looking for that at the time. I was just looking at what are the new restaurants in my neighborhood? Where's the nail salon? Where, that, that looks like a cool thrift store, you know, like, but I didn't notice all the crazy homeless people in th that little area. I don't know why they were there, but they're still there. And <clears throat> that was a bad experience for me. Since then, I've been taking Krav Maga, you know, like, you know, oh, yeah. which they would never have, you know, they never, they do, never would have had me confront and do shit, you know, try to punch that guy, you know, scare that guy and get him out. I would do everything differently now, you know, if I could have that situation over again. I think I might have said that. But, you know, I've seen that guy a bunch of times. He's just one of a dozen crazy homeless people that cruise up and down that intersection. Yeah. Well, and so then you've got that. Uh, so you're getting your nails and your uh, your hand fingernails and your toenails done for your wedding for that. Um, and that was then on the North Shore, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My toes were black, purple, like a really beautiful indigo color. I'd never done that before, obviously. You know, I was like, it's my first time. But, uh, you know, it was it was disturbing to a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of conservative people at my wedding. They're like, what's up with that? You know, but then there's there were a couple artsy people who was like, yeah, cool. You know, and the young kids, you know, the children of the adults were like, doesn't even, nothing phases them. They're like, yeah, cool. But it was fun for me, you know, a special occasion. It went with my suit. So the wedding pictures are 
astounding. There's, we had the most idyllic, beautiful wedding on the North Shore of Oahu. We, my wife was looking at the pictures of it just an hour ago. There's, we still got things we've got to blow up. I mean, there's, it was stunning. The sun came out from below the clouds just as we were doing our vows. And we got everyone together on the beach really quickly and took a portrait. And it is like, it was just like a party, you know, a fun surfer party, you know, yeah, on the beach. It was just great. The food was great. The music, we had so much fun. It was a perfect wedding. Well, I've been to a bunch of weddings since then because I've been going to all these weddings with my wife, you know, back east, the Dallas Country Club and Florida, just a big Jewish wedding. And, you know, nothing like ours was just we eloped. And it was like rich man, poor man. You know, we had the poor man wedding. It was super fun party. And I've been to two rich man weddings recently. And they were beautiful, too, you know, in a church, but completely different. Yeah. Way, way different. You're not. Uh, you probably had to wear closed toed shoes to. Yeah, I had to go buy, you know, I had to go buy dress shoes. Yeah. And I so I own a pair of dress shoes now. And I actually really like them. I've become kind of a clothes horse. You know, it's a stage I'm going through. Like, what do you think about this? Like, I'm, I bought, you know, I'm wearing these jackets. I got a couple of ties. I got these beautiful brown leather pointy-toed dress shoes that I'm like, these are not, I look cool. Like, I got some cowboy boots and, and that I love, you know. I'm just like totally going through a stage. Like I was in the same stage when I was in college where I was in a, you know, kind of fashionable, like not, it doesn't have to be trendy fashion, but just, yeah. you know, I'm into like, this is a cool outfit. I'm in drag, you know, I'm going out in drag today. I'm a cowboy, you know, tomorrow I might be a businessman, you know, but I, I'm totally, you know, or the next day I'll be a surfer or something or some cool older some I'm today I'm a cool older guy, but just going and drag all, all over all over LA. And it's really fun. Where would you find your cowboy boots? I got them in Tombstone, Arizona when I did a convention there. I went to Tombstone, did a convention for the movie. It was a re flight reunion. And I was like, I want to get something, you know, reminiscent. You know, I need a pair of cowboy boots because I don't I don't own a pair anymore. And I went horseback riding the other day, you know, before that my friend was like, You don't own a pair of cowboy boots. He was just totally throwing shade my way you know i'm like nope but uh i got i was riding english before but this guy's all about western and i'm like i will get a pair of cowboy boots so i can ride with you again and i when i was in tombstone man walked down those wooden planks you know to this country western store saw a pair of boots i thought were cool looking you know tried them on they fit yeah. bought them like that like it was just so fast i thought i must have done something wrong that was too easy huh. But since then, like I wear them and I love them and they're cool. And and since then, by the way, in L.A., cowboy boots are suddenly all the rage. And I don't think it's because of me, but I'm always kind of like right on that cutting edge of, of what's what's you know cool in fashion in L.A. I saw so John walking around with the cowboy boots. I gotta get some. He's just making that look good. Like cowboy boots in L.A. like on Sunset Boulevard, man. But he's making that look good. Like they used to be hip and cool, like back in the '60s. I'm getting a pair. So you got guys yeah. wearing. You know, I'm now. I got to go to the country western store and get a big buckle, belt buckle that big. You know, put it on my diesel pants, leather belt. It looks super. And then tuck my shirt in. With my cowboy boots? Fuck, bro. Really show that off. So good. Yeah.
Because I've lost a bunch of weight, I'll, be, I'll look like Harrison Ford, you know, like walking around like his shirt tucked in and cowboy boots in L.A. It's like, who the fuck does that guy think he is? You know, that's the, that's the kind of thing I hear a lot. Who does that's that a guy, good thing to be. guy think he is? <laughs> Always I'm like John Builder, bitch. Yeah. Google me. <laughs> yeah, I'm having fun. I love it. Um, How do you get a name like Rusty Diamond? That's not a fake name, right? Uh, it's okay. It's a, it was, so when uh, I got into wrestling, yes, it became, it became my wrestling name. Right, that's a good one. Yeah, I so yeah, I think I don't know if I told you this one. So when I started, I I was very quiet, wanted to just like you know uh, eyes and ears open, be respectful and shit and um yeah they, they we got to the there was a barbecue that had all the wrestlers together it decided to get me drunk and then you know get me to start talking some shit and then i eventually <laughs> just started going off and uh one of the guys was like hey yeah uh, fuck you fucking screech fucking dusty diamond and someone said did you say rusty diamond and then yeah, they're like that's got to be your name and then that's what happened and so i got named after fucking screech but i was like i'll embrace it i'll go with it and then i just it's been 13 years now and that's a good one i love how people, that, stories of how people get their nicknames that's great yeah it was uh it was an interesting time, but I, I don't know. Who who knew? I, I would have guessed uh, had that I, they wanted to have my real name, but. Yeah. Oh, man, Rusty Diamond's awesome, man. That's a great tag. You're lucky. You're lucky. That's a good one. It worked out. I'm. Uh, there are some other ones, though. I've <laughs> tried to. Tried to friend them, but they they don't like uh, they don't like that very much. I tried to I think I friend requested them all on social media, and none of them accepted. So there was huh. like five or six of them, and yeah, there was one that started out when I got it. You used to be able to uh, YouTube or Google it. It came up as the this thing like this guy doing a thing, Rusty Diamond, the South African porn star, and then. Uh, <laughs> yeah it was it was some weird like one-off video and um i was like all right well that okay so i have to compete with that guy and then you know i started getting people doing metal work um there's some tattoo artist and you know, I'm, I'm the the other one but um yeah so back uh back to tombstone so oh tombstone so when you were there um, at the reunion at, or, at the re so or, or at the movie at the reunion yeah you mean at the at the reunion in tombstone or when we yeah. were making the movie yeah at the reunion there oh so is that uh i mean what is that like <laughs> with the doing doing the reunions and like doing uh you know the conventions and and what have you what's that like well i will tell you uh this is the first tombstone reunion i've ever been to the western 
There was one before this in Tombstone that I couldn't attend because I was doing something else where I wasn't sure it would be cool or whatever. And I, since then, I, I totally, I do horror conventions, you know, regularly because of horror movies. And those are great, but I'll just talk about Tombstone first. Sure. So I heard about this. A friend of mine called me oh. and said, hey, my friend lives in Tombstone. He wants to do a reunion. He wants you to come. Would you talk to him and do it? And I went, yes, because I realized you could make money. And that's good for me to make some cash on a weekend. It's a great you know. So I called them up. I said, yeah, I'd love to come. I would like two things. I would like you to invite and to get to come, my guy who played my brother in the movie, Robert Burke, who played Frank McClowry. I played Tom McClowry. And I'd like you to invite and for this guy to come who's our friend. And his name is Wyatt Earp. His actual name is Wyatt Earp. Because he was our friend and we liked him. And I don't, I didn't know what he had going on. I haven't seen these those two guys in 20 years, you know. Yeah. And I convinced awesome. Robert Burke to come. And I, I got Wyatt Earp to come, you know, from my, you know, pushing that in exchange and i got to hang out with robert burke who's one of the coolest fucking fireman gnarly hero dude actor super overtrained new york actor can do anything classically trained he and val used to do dueling shakespeare soliloquies you know on the set but um and then wyatt earp's just the sweetest guy you know he taught me a little bit about cowboy boots you know he's a real cowboy his name's wyatt earp he's an actor too but, you know, he lived out in L.A. for a long time, and I didn't never saw him. I never saw these guys. So I got to hang out with those guys. Billy Zane is across from me. I'm staying in a ho in Wyatt Earp's, you know, house from Tombstone from 1893 or something that's a bed and breakfast now. Man, everybody in that town is walking around with loaded guns because it's, you know, Arizona. And if they aren't loaded, they're like – six shooter cowboy guns with blanks in them because they're faking shootouts you know on the street it's a country western town and talk about drag everybody's in drag you know the women are dressed like they work in a brothel and the men are dressed like sheriffs or outlaws they've got guns six shooters on their hips mustaches you know they're wearing spurs walking up and down the street i'm like it's like westworld I, I mean, Tombstone, Arizona is such a great town to visit. It blew my mind. There's all these tourists there, too. But it's just like there's a really good coffee shop there. But you, there's some places that are, you know, they're from the 1890s. They're haunted. You know, they've got history. The OK Corral is there. It's just blew my mind how nice, how fun it was to be around my cast members and to meet all these people, sign autographs, they, their love for the movie blew my, you know, uh, the Western people, they love it so much. You know, I'm not that guy, you know, I just played one in a movie and I got lucky the movie was a huge hit and it's a culty movie. So there's just something magic about it, you know, to, to meet all, to, for it to come full circle 30 years later and to meet the people that love it so much and to see my castmates you know yeah billy saints michael bain was there god it was amazing dana wheeler nicholson like all these beautiful actresses that they've all grown up you know but they were you know super everyone was young and it was you know just great some of those 
I don't know. I, it was special and I made money. So yeah, I would, I would do it again. It wasn't like a horror convention. It was a Western convention, but it was still, people are still walking around in costume, you know, but they're just, yeah. they're, they love the West, the old West, you know, it's like, it's not like some fantasy sci-fi costumes or horror movie costumes. It's they're dressed like the guys in two, you know, in the Westerns are dressed and it's like, all right, you're, you're pulling that off, bro. You that mustache real? Yeah, it's real. <laughs> that gun's real. Yeah, it's loaded. Careful. <laughs> it was crazy. So I got a pair of boots from that, and I love them. I'll always cherish them. So, did you have time to hang out with your old castmates, or I mean? Yeah, I got to have. You know, I'm sitting next to Robert Burke, and then I got to go out to dinner with Wyatt Earp, and you know, we all did you know we all spent a lot of time together actually you know i was only there for two and a half days but you know michael bain was really cool billy zane was really cool he just got a great job playing marlon brando um lisa collins was lives in australia but she was there and super sweet and nice and dana wheeler nicholson you know was is is so sweet and nice and smart these are just really it turned out to be really smart interesting people you know, we I'd love talking to him. I love seeing him, you know. But Robert Burke, who played my brother, is one of the most he I mean, I cherish this this guy. We we made a connection on this movie and we've always had it and we keep we keep in touch, but you know, God, he's since then he's got a son that's become like almost a pro surfer, like a brilliant surfer, and he's become a fire chief captain of Fire Island, you know, like he's he's just a heroic kind of guy and he looks great and he's fucking, you know, Robert Burke is such a, he gave me a watch too. I kept telling him how much I liked his watch. And one of these, and one of he goes, yeah, I go, I don't, he goes, it's a thing. I don't, I've got 10 of them here. Take it. You know, I didn't, I was looking for a watch at the time. I just lost mine. I probably pressured him into giving it to me, but he gave it to me. It's great. It's in the shop right now. I'm getting a new band put on it, but it has sentimental value, just like the boots, you know? Yeah, is that a uh, like a wristwatch, not a pocket watch? To yeah, go no, with? it's a wristwatch. Okay, not a pocket watch. <laughs> uh, and, and so last time, then also speaking of that, uh, so you said you were having the actor's dream of the uh, actor's nightmare. The actor's nightmare, not the actor's dream. The the opposite. Yeah. Uh, it is the actor's dream. It's like the actor's dream is the actor's nightmare. It's when you go on stage, you don't know your lines, like you're getting ready to go on production. Clock is ticking. You got to go on, but you don't know your lines. Yes, I have that recurring. It's an anxiety dream. I have that recurring dream in my life. Yeah. I'm not ready for this scene. You know, what? how am I going to, what am I going to do? How am I going to fake this? It's so scary. Has that ever happened? No. No. In real life? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. I mean, I don't, I think it's just one of those, you know, anxiety. It's like when you're younger, kids, people used to have, I've had them too. You go to school and you're not wearing any pants. Same yeah. thing. It's the same psychological thing, like, oh, anxiety, you know, fear that you're not going to, you're not prepared for life, you know, for, for some event that you should have trained for. Yeah, if, if I have a, if I get a job, I fucking study my, I mean, I can't do enough training and studying for it so that I never have that moment in real life, you know, 
but uh in dreams there's you know it just comes it's a recurring nightmare for a lot of actors i think but yeah i i just i'm proud to be an actor that, that can have the actor's nightmare you know i've done enough acting so that i know what it's like to go on stage and to go on a movie set you know and in my dreams i know what it's like to not be prepared and i never want to experience that in real life so this was something i had this weird random thing uh so the I, I, I forgot what they call it but like if you have like a little earpiece in and you just like how like feeding the lines like if you have something in that's like if i had myself and i was like oh hey my name is rusty and then it would you know then i'd say it out loud and then i'd be like oh this is my next line and then i'd say it is that something that like because i thought about doing that i had to I had uh, an audition and I'm terrible at uh, like, is this very frowned upon or like, cause I mean, now I feel like you can get a pretty small one. I've even looked I mean, at You have to have an assist, like Marlon Brando used to do that, you know, like, and you probably read the story about Marlon Brando doing that. Like the best actor in the world, he would just like his assistant, this lady would sit in the trail off thing and read his line to him, go into his ear and he would hear it. And then he would say it, you know, Okay. greatest actor of all time i'm sure he didn't used to do that when he had to do you know streetcar named desire on on the stage you know but but that's what he came to do in movies he found that worked fine for him i would love absolutely love to do that if i could find that technique and put an ear thing in and just have someone read my lines and i could just say them you know someone would have to be have also have to have a hook up to the set you know and like to hear what's going on Right, but yeah. uh, close enough. God, that would fucking be great because you wouldn't have that anxiety of not remembering your lines. That hasn't really happened to me yet, but you know, I haven't done a lot of work since I've been older. The late, I just did a movie that just dropped that came out on um, YouTube. It's called Ghost Babe, and I never forgot my lines in in that movie. There was one line I couldn't remember. I had a small part though. You know, I'd look at these guys who had long scenes. And I'm like, how the fuck? I don't know if I could ever do that again, but but anyway, I just had these small parts. It's really kind of funny. Not, you know, it's just my. I just went. I'm way over the top. It's a it's a way over the top comedy thing about surfers, dumb surfers, and ghosts. And uh, I play a, a a realtor who's a mafiosa realtor. You know, who tries to infiltrate into the surfer gang. He doesn't even try very hard, but he wants to kill him. But he ends up getting killed. In most movies, I get killed, but in this movie, I get killed twice. Whoa. Yeah, I I realized that when I watched it. I went, whoa, I've been killed twice in this movie. I mean, I've really graduated up. I'm next level. I've leveled up. Killed twice. I mean, so, I mean, with, yeah, everything, like, even last night, uh, going to sleep uh flipping through the channels point break turns on um and i mean it's the part when uh like at the end when they're they're up about to go and yeah and i'm like oh, nope just missed it and uh oh. so i mean like you and sean bean uh always you know seem to have those 
death scenes in your movies. And so thank you. Very nice. Uh, Wonderful. It, I'm honored. I mean, Flattered. What, what, <laughs> it's not not often someone gets to die in so many movies. It's kind of a, an I've got it. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of a thing for me. Started <laughs> on my first one, Children of the Corn, and then I've gone through my career. Now I just made another movie. Just came out. It's called Ghost Babe. I die twice in it. <laughs> and Point Breaks on TV. Shot by Gary Busey at the airport. The masochist. And I, I know I've said this before, but that is my surfer actor claim to fame because I played Turtle, famous, iconic character in the surf industry, Turtle. And then I did this movie, I did this movie Point Break. And in Point Break, Gary Busey kills me, but he played the masochist in the best surf movie ever made, in my opinion, Big Wednesday. My favorite movie is Big Wednesday. He played the masochist. He'll always be the masochist. I'll always be Turtle to a lot of surfers. The masochist shoots turtle in Point Break, and there you have the triumph for the three greatest surf movies, Hollywood surf movies ever made, and we're both in them, and then we come together in in Point Break. It's it's deep. It's meta. That's a meta. Is that something that gets brought up? Is that one of those? Is there I'm the some, only one. There, so there's no thread on the internet, or it's there's a thread meta. on the internet. It's by John. It's too uh, meta for the kids. It's too meta. We should put, you know, we should, I should put it out there. Here's something meta for the kids. I think, I think so. shot by the masochist in Point Break. I mean, God, that's so meta and so cool. You know, obviously, I just learned a new word. Yeah. What it means. Uh, You're probably uh, young enough to know what meta means. Meta? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's too meta for me. Um, I don't even know. Um, yeah. But. It's, I mean, I'll clip that out later. We'll get that uh, where it needs to be. Uh, the part about the thing, uh, getting them all together. And so, do you? Is Gary Busey is a, like? Do you are you gonna are you gonna find him again sometime uh, in the future and have some maybe get to find a way to die? I did. Times in a, I did. I found a way to work with Gary Busey again in the future i'm not going to do it again but okay. i did it and he was out of control my i had a really good friend angelo may who just had a baby god bless you angelo he did a movie documentary about kid teenage surfers at huntington beach high and san clemente high competing against each other for the california state you know championship of, of uh, you know school high school surfers and a lot of these kids went on to be pro surfers and they had a really serious surf team with coaches and contests and there's a rivalry it's like friday night lights you know but he had done like a bunch of tv reality shows and it was kind of like mtv cribs and he got really into these kids lives it took him two years to film it the movie's called chasing the dream it didn't get a good release or distribution i mean oh it's such a good movie it should be showed in every school every high school but he wanted Gary Busey to narrate it because Gary Busey was the masochist and he was in Point Break. And he goes, John, do you think you could get Gary Busey to narrate my movie, Chasing the Dream? And I said, I'll do it for a producer credit. He's like, well, you're not, I mean, you haven't really, you're not going to do anything on the, I go, oh, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying that I can get you Gary Busey to narrate your movie if you give me a producer credit. You know, like separate yeah. cars, 
produced by John Philbin. Like, I don't care how many other producers there are, but I want to be one of them. You know, he's like, God, that's that seems, you know, that doesn't seem fair and everything for what producers really do. I go, yeah, I don't care. Because before that, he asked me if I would do this, give him a surf lesson and narrate a surf, surf, learn to surf with Andy Irons. And I did it. I gave him a surf lesson and I narrated it it for him. I did the narration and I didn't get any credit for it. I got a little tiny, like nothing, not not surf lesson by John, nothing up front, nothing in big. I was like, I got burned. And that's a typical Hollywood thing. You know, I call it the Hollywood kiss. They just get your, get you to do a bunch of shit for them then for nothing. You know? And I said, that's never going to happen to me again. And I said, yeah, I'll get you what you want. Your, your A-list association with this, little surf movie i'll I'll get you a movie an international star to narrate it for a producer credit and he gave it to me so that movie and then the movie didn't fucking i mean we had a screening i invited there were academy award winners who came to that screening but the guy that produced it he didn't know how to capitalize or monetize the the fame i brought to it like the hollywood level he was kind of stuck in this surfing world he's still he's still holding on to it somewhere down in australia it's called chasing the dream and it's great and gary Busey is the narrator and i am one of the producers i did get burned after that by helen hunt when we did this movie ride and i helped her i worked on it with her all the time a lot she based this one character that luke wilson plays on me he gives my lesson and i'm like i never got paid one dime but i did say like yeah i want an associate producer credit you know and it was she it was hard to get. And I said, I just got a Hollywood kiss from a friend of mine. You know, I just got burned. That's a hot. It's like they don't even feel like they're doing anything wrong. It's just a Hollywood way of doing business. You know, like this is a pleasure. This is a privilege for you. You know, like this is a glamour job. You want to you want to be a part of this. Right. You know, that's how, that's the attitude. You're lucky to get this job. You know, like, well, I'd like to get paid and a big credit, too. And like, oh, oh, whoa, whoa. But anyway, yeah, I've had a lot of I've had enough experience with that to know what that's all about. Oh, bitter, much exposure. bitter, much exposure. You got, you got, you got exposure. Um, yeah. Will do they know I'd come back and talk or talk about them on the podcast? You know, like they'll take that, take that. That's right. Um. So then, oh well, do you ever go out with someone when you're out? Um training and teaching or just by yourself do you ever go out with someone who has a camera with you or do i have like a camera crew or is that something that would be too weird it's like i have this thing where i like watching people like sometimes do vlogs and stuff but then if i saw someone filming a blog a vlog or whatever i'd be like what are they doing why like who's this fucking who the fuck do they think they are? And uh, but then I'm like, I like watching it, but so I, I don't know. I don't know where where I am with that one. But is that something you ever do? Do you ever go out with someone have them? I have done it in the past for some. You know, there've been some reasons. Oh, this person's going to film this surf lesson, you know, for the client or something. But I've never arranged. I've never, you know, I've never owned the content and said, hey, I'm going to film this film this surf I'm gonna do you mind client my friend is gonna film this lesson you know and you know I'll own the content you write the you know you have to give me your consent that I can use it 
you know, and it's kind of dumb. I should have, you know, content's king, as my wife would say. And I've never, I've never done it for myself. You know, now I'm getting a little old in the tooth, but maybe I will this next, next summer. You think I've missed the boat on that? Maybe I've missed the boat on that. But, um, you know, I'd have to hire someone who films, who wants to film me giving a lesson. I've never done it, no. I like uh, watching shit like that, too, though. Yeah, you can get some uh, USC film students to, you know, yeah. get, you know, like. Uh, yeah, yeah, not pay them to give them a Hollywood kiss. Give them a Hollywood we'll kiss. Give them right give back, man. Softball that. We'll give them a Hollywood kiss. Yeah, you can film me. I'm a famous actor, you know, and I'm going to give a surf lesson. You can, you know, you'll learn a little bit about filmmaking, you know, and you give me the content. A Hollywood kiss. <laughs> I went to oh. USC, too. Yeah. yeah. Fight on Trojans, a Hollywood yeah. kids. Mwah. Uh, and I would, uh, I mean, yeah, the, some of those, I think it would be a, an interesting experience. Or then, but I don't know, is that something like that, or um, I don't know. Would, would you go back I should, to? I should say, you know, other people have done it with me, like MTV did it. It's a pretty funny story. I'll tell it to you. Like people have filmed me giving celebrities surf lessons, you know, okay. and, and they have been even put out there. And the best one, you know, I just say, yeah, you can. And here I'll sign it, you know, like, but I don't keep the content. But the best one was with this when MTV had a was interested in surfing. Now Chanel's really interested in surfing, but MTV was doing some surf stuff and they couldn't get a surf instructor for this reality show they were doing not reality you know this this reality prank they were going to do and they had this this kid his name is not a kid anymore but at the time his name's Noah Johnson and he had just won the Eddie the biggest surf contest in the world and he had won and so he had a little heat and MTV said hey let's let's have Noah Johnson come to LA cuz he's not even famous he's not even on the world tour but he won the Eddie let's have him get a surf lesson from some idiot and it'll turn out you know the guy will be giving him a surf lesson because he doesn't know who he is and he'll find out oh this guy's Noah you know just won the Eddie you know we'll make fun of that and that'll be funny and this little surf shop's not even there anymore called me up said hey can you come down and do a surf lesson you know can't get anyone to do it and I'm like uh this is what I charge you know it's it's 150 bucks 200 bucks yeah okay great I go down there at the surf shop I meet like at the time, people were like, I don't think people should be teaching surfing like it was it was new. I was new to it. I had I had just gotten into it. I was doing private lessons in Malibu. I was like, I had a goatee. I was wearing a hat and had glasses on. I go down there. I'm just scruffy, you know, and I'm giving I'm teaching surfing. And it's, it's what I do. And it's hard, you know, and I'm, there's not a lot of people doing it. I'm like one of one of, you know, they two guys turned it down or something. Apparently I'm down there. I see this crew. What's going on? Yeah, we're, we'd like to film you giving him a surf lesson. This guy, yeah, I, I meet him and I'm like, hey, I don't know who he was. Noah, I'm John. He goes, hey, John. He looks at me. He's got a funny look in his. He look. He gives me that. He's got a funny look in his eyes. And I'm like, after they leave, I go, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And I go to him. I go, hey, you look like a surfer. You know how to surf, right? He goes, yeah. You look like turtle. I'm like, yeah. 
He goes, I won't say anything if you don't say anything. And I'm like, okay, let's just, we'll, we'll, con we'll conspire. We'll do this. I'll, I'll play along. He goes, okay, I'll play along with you. Cause fucking love you, dude. Like, cause he's from Hawaii. He's from the North shore of Oahu. Oh, it's like what turtle's going to give me a surf lesson. I'm like, I'm going to give a surf lesson to the guy that won the Eddie. We're both, you know, fanning over each other. You know, he's probably not fanning over me, but I love Hawaiian surfers. You know, this guy's such a, and we've gone, he went on to, anyway, we shoot it. And I'm like, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be harder than anything you've ever done. He's like, okay. You know, we go out there, I'm swimming around, breaking my ass. And he's like, pretends to suck at first. And then he stands up and does, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, I'm getting punked, man. What, you know, like we play it off and yeah. on the way back, the producers are like, I don't get like, who is this guy? Why? I Nobody knew who I was like turtle. North Shore wasn't as super famous back then. Like it's become back then it went through a little dip and then it's be, now it's like in the surf business. It's, it's expanded its scope. Now it's super, super cool. famous. Like, can I say that? Like, I'm really that's cool. super famous now, bro. Yeah. No, I mean, so, but back then it's just surfers who knew me, you know, Hawaiian surfers who knew me because I worked in their backyard and made a movie about their backyard. Since then, I've gone over to Hawaii and seen Noah as a lifeguard and a stuntman on three different productions. He's been my stunt coordinator on two movies I've done. Like, and oh, shit. I remember he taught me so much. I, I'll never, I love this guy because he was nice to me that day. and you know, he didn't, wasn't making fun of, he wasn't making fun of me for being a surf instructor, a loser surf instructor, giving a lesson to a pro surfer. Ha ha ha. That's just so original, man. What a, what a sophisticated joke that, you know, MTV, they're just so smart, their humor. But anyway, he didn't, you know, he didn't lowball that thing. And I just went along with it because, and since then, I remember, you know, he was, he had broken his, he was he played he's in Blue Crush. He plays the girl I trained, Kate Bosworth, to surf in Blue Crush. He plays yeah. her in a scene at Big Pipeline. He had to put a blonde wig on and yeah. put speedos on, like a ba a girl's bathing suit, and get towed into a massive pipeline because you know they couldn't get a girl to do it, but they got Noah to do it because you know, and yeah. he did it. He's fucking gnarly because it was so embarrassing, man. But you know, it was fucking great to get those waves. But God, everyone's making fun of me. That's just how it is over there, you know, but it's a great job if you can get it. But anyway, I've been out, I've been working with him when he had broken his knee and on, it was after Blue Crush and he was taking these actors out to this spot, you know, Tammy Land across from Sunset. And he was going to be on a bodyboard or something because he couldn't stand up. And I was sitting on the beach kind of pouting. It didn't look that good to me. And I'm sitting there thinking I'm kind of too cool for school. And he's taking these guys out. Are you going out, Noah? And he's like, yeah, I'm taking so-and-so out and so-and-so. Now, that was my, that was a hint to me to get my ass up, get aboard and go help these lame actors surf out at this spot because he was going to do it and he's injured. I said, no, I'm not going to go out. It doesn't look that good to me. It doesn't look that good to me. And he turns to me and he goes, you think it looks good to me? And I was like, I just, I, my, my head was so far up my ass. I didn't understand what was happening. That he was about to go be of service to these get these ho stupid Hollywood actors, you know, because he's Hawaiian and he's got a job and he's giving them aloha and he's helping them in the ocean 
where he lives and his job basically and i had an opportunity to help him you know and i was like eh, it doesn't look that good to me as if it's about me and it's not and i i learned from him and from brian kailan and from a bunch of these guys you see these you know like i was a hollywood actor i came over i didn't know shit, and a bunch of hawaiians helped me fit in get waves feel comfortable rescue me when i was in over my head and that they'd like I had to learn they're 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 giving aloha spirit and he's one of them i'll do anything for noah if he ever asked me if he goes yeah john would you mind carrying that crate of water you know down there to that tent yes please i would love to thank you you know i'll see I'll, i've been on the beach like you know in makaha and see these like fucking some chicken a bikini and a cowboy hat smoking a cigarette you know on some you know effeminate actor you know with a fancy haircut you know smoking a cigarette on the beach and i i look over going fuck look at those fucking losers those fucking hope those are like hollywood actors like here at makaha and i see brian kailana run over and like the bet you know the best waterman in the world save more lives than anyone in the world he's pulling up this tent thing and i go he's gonna go make a tent and carry it over to those fucking assholes because he's in a hot sun and they're just laughing like they couldn't care. And I run over to the tent. Brian, can I help you? And he goes, yeah, John. Put these tent things out. Do you take that side and that side? Yeah, John. We're going to walk it right over there and put it right over those people. I'm like, oh, I knew it. I knew it, you know. Because I was I were those people at one time. And now I'm just trying to make up for it in my life. I'm just trying to have better perspective in my life when I see you know, I was a self-absorbed, you know, narcissistic, entitled Hollywood actor when I was younger, you know. And these guys are working their asses off in the ocean trying to help me feel comfortable and safe. And now they're doing it for someone else. It's, it's that other person's turn, you know. Like they got a job where they get to go in the ocean. The luckiest, they're the luckiest people in the world and they don't even know it. You know, and we're just walking this tent over and putting it over them so the sun doesn't hit their skin, you know, so they can smoke, you know without getting a sunburn there's no one smoking on that beach you might notice you know like all these lifeguards and watermen and you know surf professional surfers like they're just bending over backwards to try to make these clueless idiots feel comfortable and safe you know and i just i love the hawaiian watermen and the hawaiian stuntmen and i've got lucky that i got to work with them and now if i can ever help them if i ever see them and there's anything i can do i i'm honored to do it but Noah Johnson, yeah, he that's it all started there with me giving him a surf lesson for MTV. They didn't MTV didn't know I was an actor, had ever been an actor. I'm just a loser surf instructor, but Noah did. Because I went through a stage where I really wasn't. I was just a surf instructor. And none of the movies I did, you know, had become cult classics yet, like Point Break, North Shore. You know, they hadn't tombstone, they hadn't become because it takes 10 years at least for a movie sure. to become a cult, you know have a cult following and seen unless it's showgirls instant instant cult class i don't know how it did it but it did it i don't yeah i don't either that was uh those late nights on, on showtime uh <laughs> showtime checking those out being uh, right. however old i was a teenager and uh saved by the bell fans so uh it worked out um but then, so 
would Hawaii, I mean, would there, would there be a, like, how do you convince them now to, if you're saying North Shore is getting a resurgence, like, how do you convince them to be like, hey, let's, uh, let's bring all my friends back out over to the North Shore and do, uh, you know, some sort of reunion, uh, or would, would that be too much? Or is that like, uh, the you, you know, I wouldn't that? do it because, you know, we have to, like the whole point of doing those things is, you know, to make money, you know, selling autographs and stuff. And the surf community, I don't want to charge money for an autograph from them, you know, like cool. they have done, we did a reunion. There's a, there's a girl, Cindy, who owns a website, who created a website called Listen to Turtle. And it's based on my character from North Shore, but it's got everybody. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a North Shore fan film fan club, you know, like, and they sell hats and belt buckles and all these things from the movie masks. And they, they, they use us all. She asked me, you know, really for, it uses my face for the logo. She asked me for her, you know, my blessing. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll let you do this. I'll support it and everything. But you have to make it not about me. You have to make it about Laird and Jerry Lopez and Matt Adler and Nia Peoples. They all and Gregory Harrison. We all have to be equally, you know, a part of this, you know, this this website, this this business. It's a business, really, this fan based business. And she said, yeah, absolutely. And so I love this company, Listen to Turtle, and it's it's fucking blows my mind she organized a, uh, a screening of the 25 year screening and she got me nia randall the director the producer matt adler you know we all got together in santa barbara and we sold out the arlington theater they closed off the streets it was like a huge party for these three generations of surfers that have watched this movie and it's become a part of their lives you know like and we didn't you know we didn't charge you know, like we just went to appreciate them because they were appreciating us. We just went and felt the love, you know, people love that movie, you know, and it's for some reason, you know, I don't, I've never, the surfing has never done these kind of like convention. You know, we do, we just do it for love. The surfers are poor, you know, like they're not collectors, you know, those athletes like Kelly Slater, John John Florence, their brand companies make them sign autographs for free, you know, like, these guys are pro surfers. They sit down and sign autographs for free, you know, like during contests when they get an hour off because their brand makes them do it, you know, like, but we're, you know, the only reason I do conventions and stuff like that, you know, is so I can charge $40 for a signed eight by 10 from the movie, but North Shore, I do do those when I go to horror movies and stuff. Some people come and they just want North Shore stuff, you know, and I don't have a lot of it, but um, that's different. But just for a screening of a, of, you know north shore we don't we've never charged and i've been to like we've had like five or six of them you know sold out theaters where the cast gets together and it's really nobody charges nobody sits down and signs at a table we just do it for the love because we love that movie and and for the people that love it well yeah hey we're leaving uh, a lot of money on the table man yeah a lot of money on the table you know. I we, we go seven hours here, man. Um, so then, <laughs> what uh, are are you doing then? More acting, uh, like more auditions? Cause you were saying yeah, that's great. I'm glad you asked. 
Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, I got, since I saw you last time, I got asked to do a part in this movie called People Pleaser. It's this guy named Andy Kepper, who's a you know really brilliant writer director, and he's put to, he's put together this guy Nick James and me and this really talented woman, Maddie, and um, he put together this script, you know, and we helped him. We read it over a bunch of times, and he asked me if I'd play this part, and I read it, and I was like, I would fucking die to play this part. I read this script, and there's a scene where my character is in a speedos lifting weights, you know, in front of a mirror, you know, and he talks about having a perfect body. And I go, hey, Andy, you know, I don't look like, you know, I'm in my 20s, and, you know, like point prayer. I don't, I, I'm fat, you know, I'm short, fat old man. He goes, oh, don't worry about it, you know, like, and I'm like, don't worry about it. So I immediately started intermittent fasting and I got a trainer. So I have lost 20 pounds. I'm in the fucking gym every day. <laughs> I got Botox. I don't know if you can see. See okay. that? Yeah. I look younger that? than I did 10 years ago. And my body's in fucking great shape for my for an old man. I am camera ready. The strike happened. The strike's over. I am totally camera ready. But, you know, he's got to secure a little more financing and stuff. But it is a great part. It's called People Pleaser fucking awesome horror movie about rehab in Malibu. It's oh, so original. It's so great. A horror movie about rehab in Malibu. He, I just like all it. He just he likes all these, you know, these crazy, like Suspiria, these horror movies, you know, Re Rosemary's baby, you know, like really, really good ones. And it's really kind of creepy and good. I like, I like it. And so, yeah, that's what I'm working on now, but uh, we're not shooting it yet. That's why I got getting ready for that uh, that spot. You tell like I'm ready, bro. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm an actor now. I so did you? Uh, I want to do horror movies. That's all I want to do in westerns and surf movies. That's it. That's all I want to do. Those three. That sounds pretty all right. That's a good way to to you know make it uh what you want to do and so i mean so then if you're doing the horror one then uh i mean so the western one i, I mean are there other western stories or did you did you grow up with like western stories and stuff or was that anything yeah i mean i was interested a little... in as a kid or I'm 63, so like, yeah, we watch TV movies on TV that are westerns, you know, westerns and horror movies and war movies. So when we'd go outside, we'd all practice shooting and getting shot, you know, like it's you know, Butch. When Butch, by the time Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid came out, I was like, that's the best movie I've ever seen. That was that is the best movie I have ever seen, you know, and I, it was probably my favorite movie, and it's. I'll bet it holds up now. You know, it's probably, I think I saw it 10 times in the theater. So, yeah, I I love Westerns, you know, good Westerns. I haven't followed all these Westerns that are on, you know, streaming services. I haven't gotten too into them. But when a good Western movie feature film comes out, I'm there. Yeah, trying to find a way to, to get shot. Yeah. yeah. Or shoot some, yeah. I, I would like to 
I would like to successfully survive a couple of gunfights instead of just I'm going, you know, gunfight, I'm going to die. I would like to successfully survive a gunfight before my, my, you know, before I hang up my spurs. <laughs> I was shot off a horse in Young Riders. I was shot at the OK Corral in Tombstone. I would just like to successfully survive one gunfight before I hang up my spurs. That's a good sentence. I, I hope they get you get to keep your spurs this time too. Do you have your cowboy boots to be able to? No, I didn't get to keep anything. You know, I didn't, but I get, you know, I did talk to Robert Burke, you know, who said like he was hanging out with Kurt Russell on the last day of shooting. They went, it was raining. The yeah. film wrap, the movie wrap, you know, like everybody was scrambling to do their own thing. And he was in this big trailer with Kurt. And Kurt was going through some stuff. He goes, What are you doing? And Kurt goes, I'm stealing stuff <laughs> because he's so experienced. He knows this shit's really valuable. And the movie's over and he's taking memorabilia from Tombstone. He's brilliant, you know, like he's been in a thousand movies. So he, it's the last day. It's wrapped. There's no one around. He's filling bags up with shit, you know. And Robert's like, "Whoa!" He didn't really have the experience to jump in on that, you know, to get in on that. So he doesn't have any shit either. <laughs> no, I don't have any. I don't have anything. I don't have my hat or my spurs or my chaps, you know, or my vest. I don't have anything. I just turned it all in like a dumb, naive guy. Here you go, wardrobe. That was fun. I'll see you guys back in L.A. Kurt's like, I'm just stealing shit, man. Taking shit. Good Come man. Back, he, he's experienced. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you see that clock on the wall right there on uh, you know, minute 32. Yep, right there. It's in my living room right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's been I mean, because most of that stuff gets just thrown out. Warehouse. Yeah. Like, uh, warehouse, yeah. Like, Stored in a uh, warehouse, you never see it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were filming a whole bunch of shit in Portland and like a lot of that shit just was just gone. Like they were um filming Grimm and it was like a twenty four hour like soundstage thing going on, but that shit just they were just like throw everything in the dumpster after it was done and oh. like I was just like, Well, I should probably I mean I uh, I was work in security on that and then um i'm like well i probably shouldn't do that but like i feel like someone's gonna want that down the line and uh, it was but, the right thing to do yeah i didn't i didn't take it so um, you didn't I, no i i didn't take anything I, oh bro I, I, now yeah, that I, i've I, told I, you my kurt up. russell story you gotta yeah you gotta realize if it's good enough for kurt russell yeah, well, this good was, enough for us. Next time you get a chance. Yeah, ten years ago, I'm 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 learning now. Now I can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I'm and, a slow learner too. Yeah, gotta gotta learn things the hard way sometimes. A lot yeah. of the times, but we'll we'll get there. And yeah, so next next time there's some something going on, I'll make sure I I grab something and uh, yeah, maybe uh, hang on, hold yeah. on to it, send it send it off somewhere. Uh, right, but. Yeah, I mean, there was just so much. Uh, I just, yeah, seeing the dumpster. It's like, well, crap. Even I remember I was at uh, I was at WrestleMania, and there was some backstage thing going on, and there was like a plant that got like used somehow, and I was like, 
I tried grabbing it, and one of the security people like grabbed me and like, you can't take that stuff. I'm like, well, uh, shit, like, well, I would have had to carry it around and then take it, you know, uh, take this like plant that how would you ever, you know, prove that it was from this and take it back to the airport in Houston and fly to Portland with, you know, some like plant this about this uh, big and like, like ah, you know. That'd so, be awkward. Yeah. But yeah, no, well, I, stealing's an awkward, it's an awkward thing, you know, but uh, it's worth it if you can do it. And I'm committed to it next time. You and I are both committed to that. Yeah. See an opportunity like that to go through the awkward stage of, I've got this thing. You don't stay away from me. I'm taking it. I'm gonna get safe. Get somewhere safe. Yeah. If, if we'll you want it somewhere down the road, if you you hit me up and you say I want it back, I'll let you see it and touch it or something maybe yeah. once. But uh, I'm <laughs> holding on to it. You can be like, oh, I do have that still. And so, what's yeah. that new wrestling movie coming out? Like a really cool looking feature. Oh, the, about the Von Erics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it good to you? It looks pretty good. It looks should really be, good to me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it kind of like came out of nowhere, and I was talking uh, with my buddy. He's uh, do like, yeah, he was telling me he was doing, he's a fucking one of the guys in it, and uh, playing. Uh, Terry Gordy, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, uh, which is going to be kind of cool. Like, but yeah, it's just fucking weird that like, because that's a horrible story. Like the whole story of that one. Um, I, I guess not spoiler. I guess, but I guess kind of. I mean, yeah, like four or five brothers, and uh, you know, all of them die in their twenties, thirties, and then. Um, yeah, all them. Dad owned uh, like the Texas, like the West Texas wet wrestling territory, and yeah, and then just yeah, one, one left now, and so it was. Oh, it'll be an interesting movie, but it's cool that they're getting something with that, and it's gonna be something that's different than, than the wrestler, I guess. With with that one was. Because, you know, there was, uh, there was a time, you know, it wasn't in, in the best light around that time with that. And then, like, with that movie coming out, and then, like, a year or two before that with the, the, the Chris Benoit stuff. And, like, dude, there was, a, there was a pretty bad thing with wrestling at that time. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens now. But, um yeah, it'd be cool to get to see that and see something that's like more of a, I guess, yeah, more of a, seeing it in the theater too is going to be. Oh, it's going to glamorize the whole shit out of it. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah. Like great actors, well, well shot. You're like, well, this is cool. Oh, this is funny. I mean, people are going to be into it. Yeah. And maybe it'll you know, give a resurgence and maybe more people yeah, start coming to shows. And um, yeah. Yeah. Like a whole bunch of, uh, like when that the Glow show came out and yeah. they, they did the redo of that, um, there were so many new like women wrestlers who came out who were like, I watched the show, like I want to do this now, and so it yeah. was kind of cool to get to see that, see see some yeah, new, cool. new people come in. But 
Um, yeah, and then yeah, it's just been a a weird weird occurrence with with all that, and just I I hope it does well, and I hope that yeah, it's uh it puts things in a better light. But if it you know the the story's already there, it's not like the story's changing. I doubt they're gonna do anything too different. But um, yeah. So uh back to back to surfing. So you you going out surfing like how often right now? Are, oh, well, now that it's cold? Yeah, no, I gave a couple of lessons last month, you know, I mean during this month a couple and it'll get less and it might get less in December, we'll see, you know, it all depends, you know, my clients are just I have a few clients that surf year round, you know, and we'll see what their schedules like, you know which is, you know, I surf when the surf's good. It doesn't matter what the temperature is. You know, I've got, I mean, they put a man on the moon, you know, like I, I've got a wetsuit that keeps me warm no matter what. Um, in LA, you know, it never gets that cold down here, you know, so I I put students in wet, full wetsuits too. So, you know, they don't, nobody has to get too cold down here in LA. But yeah, I surf, I, and when the surf's good, I go surfing. I went surfing a couple of days ago. Surf got good. Doesn't get good that often around here, and it was so much fun. I don't do it as much because I live out in Sherman Oaks, you know, and I, I don't, you know, it's an hour to the beach, you know, so it's got to be good. I don't just go for some because I don't have anything else to do. I, I have to, I have shit to do now, you know. So I only go surfing when it's good, and it's really been fun. Not as much, but I enjoy it more, I think, because it's more of a special occasion. Did you go when you were in Florida? No, no time for the surface flat in Florida when I was there, even though last week it was as good as it gets anywhere in the world. Florida gets as good anywhere on the planet last week. But um, uh, when I was there, it was perfectly flat, like a lake. And I was visiting a lot of relatives and friends and my new family, my new friends. Yeah. I had a great time in South Miami, Delray. We had so much fun. Great okay, food, okay. great beaches, great time for my wife. It was really a great little trip. The you hotel. Ever out down there before? Yeah, I did a movie down there called The Crew with Viggo Mortensen, and we hung out in South Miami. You know, like I hung out at the news cafe. This is before it became a model or popular place. You know, like this was in the 80s. You know, so we went over to Bimini to film this movie, and we filmed some of it in South Florida, and it was bitching. And so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so then, are you getting to surf? Like, you going anywhere? You going off? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I've done all my traveling until next summer. Next summer, I'll go to Indonesia with my wife for a honeymoon. We'll go to Bali, and I'll stay there for a while. And you know, I'll take her around. We'll do whatever she wants to do, and then she'll come back. She has to go to work, and I'll take some time to do what i like to do which is surf really good waves for a while like i used to i didn't get with you oh sorry no no she doesn't surf she she doesn't she might take a surf lesson this spring this holiday vacation it'll be her first one from you from anyone ever oh okay yeah it's crazy she married a surf instructor she's never taken a lesson but she i think she's starting to get really close she might do it this uh this holiday this thanksgiving we'll see tomorrow no we got pretty 
big day planned for tomorrow, but this she's got four or five days off work, so we'll see what happens. Oh, okay. Uh what what about your cat? How's your cat doing? <laughs> My two cats are great. Cats. They're both probably in bed with her right now. You know, there's a little kitten who's just a killer, a hunter killer. And then there's an old queen who's like, she, she's smart and she's been around and she's strong and she doesn't waste any energy and she's a bird. She can catch birds. The other one just kills lizards, tortures them for a while. Fuck. She's just a killer, you know, killer instincts. Not even a year old. We let her in the backyard just torture lizards. And I love lizards too. It's kind of sad, but, you know, I love this cat and that's its nature. And, I eat meat. I'm not vegan. You know, if I was a total vegan, I I, I wouldn't let her out there. You know, because yeah. she's just gonna try to kill whatever she can find. You just say you are a vegan. I'm not. Oh, you're not a vegan. Okay. I'm not a vegan. If I was a vegan, I you know I'd be like, hey, sorry, you can't do that. Like these are these animals are trying to survive. You know, and you're not even gonna eat them. You're just gonna kill them. First, you're gonna torture them. Then you're gonna yeah. Yeah, she's a fucking killer. But she's doing great. She's growing. She's strong. I love my cats, man. I'm a cat dad. I love my cats. I, you know, who who would have thought that would have been the the life? And nobody. Know. I was a dog guy. You know, like I don't think anyone ever imagined I would ever get married. You know, but I'm married and I love my cats. Very yeah. happy. I'm a, I'm a I'm a total house boy. I'm a total house husband. That's what I am. I'm a house husband. I do the dishes. I take care of the cats. You make dinner? No, not no. a cook. I not clean. A cook. Not a cook. I clean up afterwards, though. I just, you know, this intermittent fasting thing. I can only eat between twelve and six, so it's a lot of salads. And, you know, I don't cook. If I cooked, I'd probably be doing better rice and chicken. But so what's that like? What it's been it? awesome, bro. Like? Changed my life. Intermittent fasting, man. I recommend it. So it's hard. How do you do it? You don't do eat. You do? You, you can only eat food between 12 noon and 6 p.m. You have a six-hour window. You fast for 18 hours, and you eat for six. That's it. It's easy. That's why I'm doing it. It's just I don't have to think about it. I'm like, oh, I can't eat yet. God, when can I eat? You know? And I eat whatever I want between 12 and 6. If I, if I had to get really super ready, then I'd watch what I ate between 12 and 6. But right now, I just eat what I want. What time do you wake up in the morning? Too fucking early. Seven. Seven. Okay. It's hard. Between seven and noon is difficult. And then after six, very difficult. It's hard. You have to suffer. But that's how I look at it. It's kind of for this character, you know, of this part. You have to suffer. You want method acting. You want what you want. You want to get what you want. You're willing to do anything to get what you want. You have to be willing to suffer. That's life. Yeah. And so then are you drinking coffee or anything in the morning? Oh, like tons of coffee, coffee and water, tons of coffee and water, but you can't put cream in it. No creamer, no little, no cow, no little cow. You just fucking black coffee black. and water. And then, so then, are you staying up then late, or are you like no, six o'clock? You're like, I'm ready to go to bed. I go to bed around eleven. I wish I could go to sleep at like seven, like when I'm, but I can't. I've got to spend those next three hours, like I'll watch TV and watch these shitty commercials for food and 
disgusting fat, fast food, you know, like, oh, that's disgusting, but I'm starving, but I would not even eat that. That's disgusting. Like the commercials for food on TV, what a joke. They're just, you know, poisoning us, trying very, to. Very easily. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, not often that I, I will eat fast food. I didn't for a long time, but I don't know. It has to be something special. But even then, like, even now, it used to be because it was cheaper, but now it's not. Now it costs the same to go to any other restaurant. Yeah. Uh, not any other restaurant, but some other. They have healthy fast food now. It's just, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, we were never in the habit. I never was in the habit of doing that to myself. You know, it's so gross. But on a special occasion, it's fun, like as a treat. Yeah. Oh fuck! I gotta go to the. I gotta go to Gelson's tomorrow and buy a bunch of pies and you know stuffing and gravy and all that stuff at Gelson's and bring it home. We're gonna eat it with my wife. And then we're gonna go see a movie. What are we gonna see? I can't remember what it's called. It's an English movie about the aristocrats and it's supposed to be really sexy. Saltburn. Okay. It looks great. Saltburn. You're going to see that tomorrow. We're going to hike in the Santa Monica Mountains up off Mulholland. Then we're going to go to Gelson's and buy a bunch of Thanksgiving food before they throw it away. We're going to eat it, and we're going to go to a movie. Saltburn. It's going to be great Thanksgiving, man. What are you going to do? I think that's kind of the way to do it. Um, well, got uh, like Wawa, like the gas station had a little turkey how nice had some of that speaking of healthy food uh you know eating wawa gas station food um because <laughs> that's where i am but i mean normally you know we'll go somewhere early because it's just us out here like nobody else lives anywhere around here really so god what yeah. an interesting choice yeah, yeah. I mean, most everyone else lives back in, uh, you know, the, I guess the closest now is Florida, but like everyone else is on the West Coast. And so, um, so yeah, like normally we'll go to somewhere to eat, like, uh, oh, not, nothing fancy, like a Cracker Barrel or something. Yeah, maybe, fine. Or get, get it, but not on Thanksgiving, though, I found out because it gets pretty crowded in there. But, and then go to a casino and walk around. Um, I take $5. I'm big spender here. $5, I put it on, on, on the roulette. And either I win $10 and, or, you know, $5 extra and walk away. Or else I, you know, give my donation to the local tribe. And uh, and then just, yeah, walk around and people watch. Um I enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing that either on Thanksgiving or Christmas, usually both of those days. The day before Christmas, I used to go to the mall and just watch people. That was fun. And I used to drive through the parking lot too, which was kind of a dick move and just <laughs> pretend like I'm going to park sometime soon. Oh, but, fuck. Um, That's so funny. You're alternative yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But it was always fun, and like I just enjoy kind of watching everything going on. Um, it's nice to just not have to be stressed on right. 
days and just kind of be able to no pressure yeah i like to do different from what everyone else is doing that's for sure yeah me too i'll see people when i see people and I, it doesn't need to be like uh a thing like uh gotta see you here because it's this day sort of and that's sort of how i'm with like presents like i don't want to buy someone something because it's christmas and i have to buy something but I, like if I see something in February and it's like, oh, this would be perfect. This is a perfect gift to get. I want to give it to this person. But if I wait until December, is it going to be perfect for them still? I want to go give it to them right now. And that's kind of how I've gone with that. But yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, where where are people going to find you? Where where? Well, they should go. They should go to Instagram. John Philbin on my my name on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram's the best. But um, they can go to Pro Surf Instruction if they want to surf lesson. They go to they can go to Instagram or act. I don't know IMDb if they want me to be an actor for them. I'm available. They can just go. They can just John Philbin. Google me. It's yeah. fun. That is the show, man. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker.